welcome to the Spike Feed, your leading Magic the Gathering podcast. What is up? My name is Curtis, and I am just your typical Spike. On the line with me on this wonderful spring morning, looking like he's out of the cover of a Land's End uh, <laughs> catalog, my good buddy Cameron McCoy. How are you doing, friend? I'm good, man. Uh, you know, we were just talking. I will say this, and every listener should listen. Frame rate over resolution every single time, Okay. We're just talking about the Xbox Series S. Like, I don't care about 1080p versus 4K. Give me a locked-in 60 frames per second every single time. I want you in 60 frames per second rather than 720 or whatever I have you in right now in my screen. Yeah, well, you get all the the movements of my hair follicles so <laughs> exactly. more efficiently. There is only one game I've ever gone for resolution over performance, and that's Forbidden West. Sure. I think yeah. I actually said that on the show, and it has well, it has something to do with the engine doesn't like whenever you're playing it, it doesn't feel right in sixty. Okay, and I don't know if it's just because I played the whole previous game in thirty frames. <laughs> you know what I mean? And so I have it in my head that that's how it's supposed to move. But everything else, like, and uh, whenever you do get a PS5, the Demon Souls conversion, yeah, mm. it's not even a question. <laughs> At sixty, that thing sings, yeah. sings, dude. Um, anyway. Video games aside, this is a Magic the Gathering podcast. Mm. We've got two entirely new formats to talk about. We're going to spend almost our whole time talking about it. Um, well, I shouldn't say it's more than two new formats. If you, We just aren't going to be able to cover standard because neither you or I have dimped did know that. Um, but there is a very fresh new standard. Um, I've looked at some of the deck lists, and I'm very confused about what's going on. So I'm excited to like figure that out. Mm-hmm. But you've been drafting. I've been playing Explorer. Should I draft new ca- new Capina, new Capina? I think you should give it a go at least once, just to kind of dip your toe into the format. Because um, I I don't know if I was coming across how I actually felt last week during sealed. It was great to actually be playing in person and whatnot. I really did not enjoy playing a sealed deck of new Capina, Capena, whatever. Uh, it just didn't feel. Right, like I, I'm like three color combinations. I don't feel like I have the actual cards that it's wanting me to do all that stuff. So like I really felt lukewarm on that entire set in sealed uh, this week. Drafting uh, 180 as far as like how I feel. Like my thoughts and feelings of the format, I think, um, or the set, I should say, is a lot better as a draft set than a sealed set. And normally I really enjoyed the sealed stuff, so I was surprised at how how little I enjoyed the sealed product, I guess. Um, Yeah. Yeah. Uh, But with draft, you're able to, like what you said last week, um, lead your deck in a way that I think is better optimized than what you can do with just the sealed pool. So, um, you know, I I tried the, uh, the Bant deck and I felt like I was able to play that the way it was, it wanted me to play it. And I had a heck of a lot better time um, I felt like my deck was doing what it was supposed to be doing. I had game. I had the decent removal. All that stuff like led to a very fun game of Magic, um, which, yeah, uh, has been great. So I don't know how I'm going to feel about the set like, you know, two years from now where, you know, in my mind's eye, when I think of Dominaria, like an amazing set. When I think of even Kamigawa, I think like a really fun set that I would like to just go back to every once in a while and, and, and draft. I don't know 
even though I'm having a fine time with this, I don't know if this is going to be type of set that I'm going to look upon fondly, I guess. It's just weird. Like, it's just, it's good, and I'm having a good time. It's just, I feel like the, the format is just really slow, and I don't like being encouraged to play three or four color decks. Okay. You you like the, the two-color Classico. The Classico. Limited yeah, Magic. Yeah. Limited Magic. And so, uh, yeah, and like with these, I always feel that weird. You're kind of shoveled into a thing. It's probably a little bit more intensive whenever it's like Strixhaven. They're all two-color combos that are the guilds or whatever, mm-hmm. and you really feel like you find a lane and you stick in that lane. So with cons and with Alara Block, which I feel like I'm missing another three color set in there somewhere. Dragon's uh. Maze, kind of. But uh, anyway, so like those, the thing that I always hate is like you kind of end up being mostly one of the guilds, and then you kind of end up having to stretch for a fourth color because a related guild that shares you know mm-hmm. a color or two, and so and then you open that rare bomb in pack three, and you're like. Well, I, you know, I feel like I have to, or, you know, you have a tri-land that covers two of your three colors or, you know, look, for, for better or for worse, like, I feel like, especially Alara Block and Cons Block, we think of those as constructed powerhouse sets, mm-hmm. and the three-color stuff tends to work better as a powerhouse, or, or as a constructed kind of thing, more than a limited thing. But that doesn't mean we shouldn't do it. Um, I would certainly prefer this to... The times that we've had artifact sets, which I've, or colorless sets, which I've almost always hated. Um, and so it, it is interesting, like that push and pull, like what oh, is yeah. the best thing, you know? And w- you kind of find yourself going, well, why don't they just do Dominaria style stuff every time, right? Why don't you just do the best thing every time? But it's not that simple. No, it's never. Right? Also, I do think we're going to look back at Kamigawa Neon Dynasty as being one of the, you know, best sets of this era. Mm-hmm. Like, and it's a tough act to follow. Yeah. Right? Like, yeah, for sure. You know, it's it's a really tough act to follow. So I... I uh, go ahead. I was just going to say one thing during my play that I thought was really interesting is the fetch lands. I mean, like, the land base, like, you can get the three colors super, super easily. Um, but I have noticed that so many people are, like, leaning so heavily into the fetch lands that allow you to get like a, you know, forest mountain or swamp. And then it comes into play tapped to the point where I think they're like loading their deck up so much that they run out of like basic lands. (laughs) So I was playing against an opponent. It was a Jund opponent. And I mean, there's like five lands on the battlefield and just every single time plays one of the, uh, the fetch lands, nothing happens. (laughs) And it was like, okay, I think, you know, like that weird bound. I, I don't know. It was like hilarious to me because like it was like a free win for me because he just like ran out of gas with like could not get to six lands, could not get to six lands. It was just super weird. Um, and I think that's I really hope it was how that I, and not a bug. Right. Maybe. I don't know. Uh, I don't know. Uh, but that was like the weirdest thing that had happened. And that kind of set a tone of like, yeah, you see, I don't know if I really like having all the manas, all the time, because mistakes can happen like that. Mistakes were made, for sure. Um, so, Cameron, what if I told you I've opened nary a pack, like not a single one of the new set? 
because my focus has entirely been on the new format Explorer. Good. Um, and the good news here is I probably played for four hours straight and had more fun playing Arena than I've had in since the uh, Mystical Archives came from Strixhaven. Okay. Historic. So we're back in business. And I don't, I don't really fault Brainstorm and you know, tendrils and all those things coming in. Like, I think that was a worthwhile experiment. I don't really want to sound like I'm crushing Watsy for that. But what you miss when you are sprinkling cards in to that degree is a real sense of design cohesion over the course of a time frame, right? Mm -hmm. And when you load up Explorer, if you've been following competitive magic, you have this really nice relief, sense of relief of like, oh, these are the four or five decks I... Off the top of my head, I'm going to try that were standard legal that I could add this card or this card or this card, right? Mm -hmm. You don't have to deal with, oh, wait, did they go back and did they add uh, Lightning Helix? Is, you know, like there's just a certain continuity to these formats that have been lost with these supplemental products. And mm -hmm. again, I think it was a, a worthwhile opportunity to try. The Modern Horizons things, I think, have been bad. Right, like we should have gone through one of those and gone. Eh, this is probably not the best idea, but we're gonna milk that cow uh, for as long as possible at this stage. Mm -hmm. So I'm really hoping they, with Explorer and Pioneer, we do not do that. I will happily buy your re-release sets. I will give you the money, Watsy. I promise. I know you're itching for it. You will get money out of me for these formats. Just don't ruin them, okay? Now. Uh, I will also tell you that when I got into these, so I, I don't know if you remember last week, but I was like wanting to test these decks um, and it, the Explorer format, you could make decks for it, but you couldn't get into a queue. So I was actually playing Explorer, Explorer decks in the historic queues. Mm -hmm. And the queue time waits were 30, 45 seconds. Now in Explorer, queue time, wait times are way down. Now, they don't surface what that looks like like they do on MTGO where you know how many people are in the league and all this stuff. But anecdotally, there's a real excitement in the community for it, which I think is really something. Now, let's talk about the decks, Cameron, because many of these decks I have ready to go, right? Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, and they're kind of untuned, um, but I think there's probably six competitive decks like right now. Um, the elephant in the room is Winota. Um, Winota is not banned in Pioneer was banned in Historic, <laughs> and then has kind of basically been let back in through the door. Other notable banned cards include Oko, Field of the Dead. No surprises there. Um, three mana Teferi, which is actually a huge deal for control. Yeah. Um, but Winota is the deck that I have really mixed feelings about because when it, it can do these things that are your turn three, their turn, I mean, four, or if they do two mana dorks, it can be their turn three. They can produce a lot of power on the board, and if you are not a Wrath Effect deck, I don't know how you win. Because, um, like, just so you know, like, so if they go Gilded Goose into Llanowar Elves, they go Winota on turn three, attack with the Llanowar Elves, and then there's the 6-6 the six, six that creates two wolves, if that comes into play, basically, and then that's your turn four, mm. 
I mean, you have to have something right now, and they're going to get however many more activations off of Winota again, right? So, yeah, that's that draw is not that uncommon because of the amount of mana dorks they have. Um, but I will say it happened to me one in ten times. However, that deck being good makes control way better than it otherwise should be in the format because that is the deck that can really prey on Winota because... If you are able to Wrath Them or Otherworldly Light, uh, Fateful Absence, mm-hmm. any of those things, that deck is basically, you know, uh, nothing. <laughs> it's really quite bad. I'm just so, kind of what curious. What, what, what are you running for Wrath? Is, is there like a settled wreckage in there or anything like that? Or So, okay, so... First of all, Supreme Verdict is one of the notable cards that is missing. Yeah. That's in Pioneer that is not on um, uh, Arena. So I play, because like the control deck in Pioneer plays four Supreme Verdicts, no questions asked. I am on four Doomscars okay. instead. Uh, and then I play two Farewells, and then I have three Settle the Wreckage in the side. It is worth pointing out that there are multiple decks in this format that if you do not have a Wrath on turn four, you are dead, dead, dead. Like, um, and I'm also playing four otherworldly lights, two fateful absence. So you just have to have a lot of creature removal because the red aggro decks, the green red aggro decks are very, 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 very fast. Not, not to mention the auras deck and things like that. So like you can die real fast. Mm-hmm. You have to have a significant amount of creature removal. Um, so that's the wrath package I play. Farewell. A lot of times you are just kill all creatures kill all graveyards like that is it's alarming how much that happens um and that is the card that man you know phoenix can have these amazing turns and then you cast that and their deck is just done especially like in the context of pioneer because farewell doesn't kill planeswalkers i've had multiple games against phoenix where i cast a farewell after i've had a narset in play and they just i mean they're just done like nothing can happen at that point um so anyway, blue-white control, I think, is one of the top-tier decks. You're going to be happy to learn that I think the best mid-range deck and probably the second or third best deck in the format is the black-red mid-range, uh, Chandra Torch of Defiance, Cruxa, mm. mm-hmm, Young Pyromancer, mm-hmm. Thoughtseize deck. I think that is... If you think of like modern as it's at its like peak in terms of a metagame when Jund was one of the best decks, yeah. this deck is effectively that. Um, you don't need to play green because A, there's no Tarmogoyf, and B, Tarmogoyf is bad these days. So, you know, but you can play Culligan's Command and some other really... Culligan's Command is also on this, by the way. Yeah. So, yeah. the the I, I know you're like, go on. So, like a Sedgemore <laughs> Witch, Young Pyromancer, Suited Croxa. Up, man. That sounds great, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I, Cameron's like furiously scribbling notes. <laughs> um, so that deck is good. Um, and like the, the aggro decks are fine. They just kind of like fall apart. The one that is the weirdest that I was like, I've got to suit up is Omnath Ramp. So I don't know if you remember this deck, Cameron, because boy, did it enjoy a short time frame in standard <laughs> and boy, did I win a lot of games with it. Um, but the Omnath Ramp deck is the Genesis Ultimatum deck. And these decks are super untuned because... When I first looked at a version of the deck, there were no growth spirals in it. I was like, um, are in a ramp deck that's yeah. rug. So I've been tinkering with this deck a little bit. 
it is crazy, crazy, crazy soft to fast aggro. But then you can also get these turns where you cast multiple Genesis, Genesis ultimatums in a turn and just go off. For lack of a better way of looking at it, it's the con it's the combo deck in the format right now because Lotus Field hasn't really... I mean, Lotus Fields are in, but a lot of the supporting pieces of that deck aren't around. Um, the, the deck that I thought was kind of actually bad, and I was surprised, is the Fires uh, of Invention deck. Okay. Um, I've messed around with multiple different versions of it, and it's just too dirtily and too slow, and you want your control decks to be able to play at instant speed. And because Wandering Emperor has been added to, and Otherworldly Light have been added to the format, that is just such a massive advantage of just regular blue-white that being able to play sorcery speed, and like we're talking the really busted version of Fires, where you go get Agents of Treachery and all that mm -hmm. stuff, it's really not good enough in this format. So I that was the one that kind of blew me away. Um, but yeah, I've, I've been hitting this format hard. There, I mean, there's a mono white deck that's obviously okay. Um, all these the aggro decks all have draws that can like look amazing, mm -hmm. but then they then they also just kind of fall apart if you hit the right pieces. Interestingly, though, I have yet to play against a full on collected company deck, which really surprised me. I think Winota is just a better version of that right now. Yeah. <laughs> and if you're in the market for that kind of thing, and again, I, I've said this before, if you are a person that has Winotas on Arena, like now is that time. Mm -hmm. Make that happen for yourself. So uh, anyway, there's my writ large like metagame overview. But Cameron, it's a ton of fun, and I know what all the cards do, and I know what all the sets they came from, and that feels freaking good, you right. know? You don't have to memorize like two versions of the same card, anything like that. I went, I went from there's 0% chance I'll play Historic again to someone will have to pay me to play Historic. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, and this and this metagame has problems, dude. It, it is not even remotely close to perfect. They do a competitive event of this. You're going to see a ton of Winota and a ton of Azorius Control and a ton of Rakdos, and there's like no... And there could be a combo that kind of comes out of clean nowhere that is like, oh, man, this combo is like whatever. But... It just it just really speaks to the power of non-rotating magic. And somewhere along the line, this got lost. But I've been super busy this last like few months with my job. Mm -hmm. And in, in years past, the, the non-rotating magic was my haven for that. I didn't have to keep up with standard. I could just jump into a non-rotating queue. Yep. I could play that every two weeks. I could say, hey, dear, you know, I'm going to go downstairs. I'm going to play a magic tournament. Or I'm going to drive to so like whatever place. And I didn't need to know. And I didn't need to drop a bunch of new money on new cards or whatever. I could just go and enjoy. And I know that's what Commander is for a lot of people. Um, and that's awesome, but I just... A competitive version of that yeah. um, is is really lacking. And I don't know. This is just really cool. What, what deck are you going to play in this format? Uh, well, right now I have the blue-white control and paper. And so I'll probably do some version of that. I mean, I have Phoenix as well in paper. Um and I like Phoenix. I, I do feel like that might be the one that's like has a shorter shelf life. Um, so there's that. And then also, dude, like uh, at my shop, it, it's incredible. But like, there are two Friday night magics now of Pioneer, and they just started a Monday night of Pioneer as well. And then there's a shop 
up, you know, at a suburb that's also doing Pioneer, like on a Thursday night. So, I mean, like, we're getting to a point, I think a lot, there's a lot of interest, a lot of enthusiasm where, like, in Des Moines, Iowa, you could theoretically play Pioneer, you know, four nights a week if you wanted to, which is pretty incredible. It feels like we're at the beginning of the crest of the wave for Pioneer. Like, just anecdotally, what I see people, you know, tweet about and again i'm gonna lump explorer and pioneer yeah. together because functionally they are we just have to think about all right how are you tuning that deck and like like i said blue white it's like literally four cards or something yeah there yeah. there is not a, a massive difference um and yeah some of the decks aren't the same i know phoenix is not the same i would also argue that phoenix has been the most hurt by the printing of otherworldly light you can kind of get your phoenix zapped out of nowhere and that's an exile effect so it's it's pretty harsh, you know. Um, anyway, I just it, this is what should have happened all along. You know, we can kind of talk about all those things. But the bottom line is now that we've gotten what we want, it's time to like support it mm. and specifically supporting Pioneer at your local card shop. Anyway, Cameron, so we're going to keep following this metagame i am probably going to be touching a little bit of standard though it will be difficult for me to pull myself away from this um and like this is me i'm going to be i i'm going to be looking to physically acquire cards again too which i'm pretty excited about um last thing i'll mention about control because i know you're playing a version of control that probably doesn't have yorian i'm pretty convinced yorian is where you need to be i know it is uh with this control with this control deck like just having that extra card is just way too good (laughs) yeah so Uh, All right, man. Well, let's get out of this segment, come back, and talk about what else we've been watching and playing. All right, Cameron. So we kind of have to dance around this talk of everything, everywhere, all at once. Yeah. Because everyone says, avoid story spoilers if you know you're going to see it. Literally everyone that I trust whose whose opinion I value online has said, this is an amazing film. Are you about to tell me any different? No, I'm not. And let's just kind of leave it at that. Um, go see this film. Everything, everywhere, all at once. Michelle Yeoh. Um, just a, it's like an independent film from A24, which is a, like a really hot studio that has released some real incredible movies over the last decade. Um, this one is just so weird. Like the, the best words I can use to describe it are weird, silly, goofy not for everyone um hilarious heartfelt like i mean like i I could just go on and on this movie is just so weird all i'm gonna say if you watch the trailer it deals with kind of ironically the the multiverse like a multiverse right um so we have dr strange coming out this week and this is kind of i would argue playing in the same kind of vein um and it is a wild trip anything that is possible is pretty much happens in this film so like i would just highly encourage you to go and check it out um this is a sort of movie that is worthwhile to check out in a movie theater because it plays with various aspect ratios film stocks lenses to really lean into like these different universes so you'll go from like super widescreen anamorphic lenses you know like so everything's like super stretched in widescreen to classic four by three old television look to you know 16 by nine i mean it does like all of that stuff 
different like color grades, all that stuff. It, it like as far as like somebody who really appreciates the craft of filmmaking and editing and like lens choices and all of that, I, I could just dive so deep into that aspect of this movie. On top of it just being super silly, super weird, super fun. Go watch this movie. I will. Yeah. I will. Um, I, I don't, unfortunately, I don't know if the theater's in the cards for me, but yeah. it's definitely going to be a, I, I check this out as soon as it's available to me. Yeah. Um, Cameron, I want to amend some things here. I want to talk to you about Moon Knight. Oh. So we are five of the six episodes in. And I wouldn't say the first two episodes were bad. I would say they, I, I would not go out of my way to recommend it to people mm-hmm. after the first two episodes. But post that point, they've done some things that I've really been shocked that a Marvel Studios production on Disney Plus is doing. And not to spoil too much of anything, but some very, very, very serious stuff about... Um, trauma and how it like impacts your psychology as a child moving on to an adult like a much heavier theme than what you get out of mcu stuff Mm -hmm. and i know it's become very fashionable to complain about the most recent set of marvel stuff um and or at least that's what i experienced right is oh so played out after infinity war blah 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 and As you know, when it comes to superhero stuff, like it's not a question of if I'm going to stick with it or not. It's a (laughs) this is part of my life. Uh, I'm 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 going to be into it whether you know it is into the pop culture or not. We've talked about this before, but we'll just say I was the guy rolling up to school with the Wizard magazine, and uh, I was the guy, right? Yeah. Um, but uh. There's some really cool exploration of the themes, and this was in Hawkeye as well, right? Uh, I think Hawkeye had just that really great moment where she says something along the lines of, like, I saw you fight aliens with a stick and a string, and that made me believe that I could do anything, right? Mm -hmm. And it's like, this is what, uh, God, would someone, would DC hire one of these writers for crying out (laughs) loud uh, for their films? But anyway, it's just like those moments are sprinkled throughout all the MCU shows where they kind of express their um, uh, reason for being and stuff. And Moon Knight really gets into how someone can come from a broken childhood and still extract themselves out and do something good. And I think that was that's really something that, that a road that they've not like hoed before, right? I mean, mm-hmm. if you want to say that Iron Man had a tragic childhood, I guess you could. But um, you know what I mean. Yeah, like, yeah. Uh, so that, and Os- Oscar Isaacs is just a really good actor, like yeah. really, really good. And I think I've alluded to this, but he basically plays a split personality in Moon Knight. And there are entire sequences where he has to act just against himself. And um, it's really cool stuff. So I I don't know that the plot is like where you want to be. But the end of it is really, I mean, it really goes places. And also kind of goes into the insane stuff. Uh, of comic books where it's like hey we're just gonna put the pedal to the floor mm-hmm. and we are gonna do this kind of really bizarre stuff like the end of wonder woman that some people it rubs the wrong way but i'm just like 
like there's literally a character that's a talking hippopotamus god and like i'm there for that sign me up okay (laughs) yeah (laughs) some people aren't okay last thing i want to mention and this isn't going to be the most positive thing cameron Final Fantasy, Stranger Paradise. So I've set aside Elden Ring for a minute. I, I'm 30 hours in. Just need a break before I... Mm-hmm. It's a marathon, not a sprint kind of thing. And I do feel like I get it. Like, I get what Elden Ring's thing is. But I'm getting a little open world out. Open worlded out. So Final Fantasy, Stranger Paradise is a retelling of the first Final Fantasy made by the developers who made Neo. Okay. And the, the, the vibe online was the story is so bad and hilarious, so bad it's hilarious, and the combat is really good. Hmm. Unfortunately, I don't think it's very good. <laughs> I think th- the story stuff, while funny, when you're forced to endure five minute, 10 minute long cutscenes of silliness, the kind of, you know, mystery science theater nature of it kind of wears off a little bit. And the combat isn't nearly as good as Neo. I did want something that was like a little less intensive than something like Elden Ring, something I can kind of just button mash my way through. A devil may cry. Sure, yeah. And this, the combat system just isn't that great because you have NPCs that are on your team and they're kind of, it's kind of like the most recent Final Fantasy. They're kind of just running around doing whatever. And yeah, you can kind of give them commands, but it's not super clear. And so I, I just found the combat to be not really great. And the most egregious thing is, Cameron, this thing runs like sub 60 frames a second, like sub 1440p on a PS5. Hmm. It's not, like, not optimized at all. And so, I, I'm, again, I'm not the biggest graphics knob in the world. I play my Switch a ton. This game is unexcusably rushed like there is no reason like because i mean the neo remakes just came out on ps5 and they're like 4k 60 frames a second this game does not look like and again elden ring has great art direction but i would say it's not the most technically proficient game Mm -hmm. it blows this game out of the water technically and same with horizon same with all this stuff so it just feels really rushed because i know the studio is capable of more but it's just like why am i not playing neo t neo 2 it looks better plays better Yes, mm-hmm. it's, I mean, Neo 2 is harder than Elden Ring, so that's kind of why I didn't jump into it. But unfortunately, it's going to go back to the GameStop in the sky. Yeah. And uh, okay. I, I, I keep telling myself I'm not going to get Gran Turismo, but I think we're just rapidly headed towards... You're going to get Gran Turismo, yeah. It's a, it's the like bor- a causality. It's going to happen. <laughs> yeah, the boring old man fest that is a Gran Turismo game, right? Like, I'm going to tune up that Honda Civic and go yeah. around that oval... Yeah, and it's gonna be good. Smooth jazz in the background, and you're gonna immediately <laughs> turn that off and like, I'm gonna play some Forza now. <laughs> yeah, I need I need some off roading. Anyway, Cameron, if someone would like to talk to you about how to tune up your Honda Civic, where could they find you? That's all on Twitter at Cameron underscore McCoy. I am at Curtis Now. Our official show feed is at Spike Feed MTG. We will check you guys next week.